0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Monday, February 6th, 2023. We're Grant and Danny. You are listening to the fan. We are live. We are local from our Half Street Studios downtown In the Navy Yard in Southeast D.C. Happy to be with you until 6.30 this evening as we kick off Super Bowl week, Danny. Yes, indeed, my friend. I'm excited about it.
2: Nobody cares about the thing I'm about to say. Give me three seconds to do it. Pretty special weekend for your pal. I could pretend. I could gloss over it. Pretend that it wasn't that awesome, but it was. It was very moving. Got inducted to the GW Athletic Hall of Fame this weekend along with some incredible dignitaries, including a group of... Uh, the 1993 men's basketball team that had the Fab Five dead to rights. And it wasn't if it wasn't for a couple of Chris Webber, a tremendous player in his own right, offensive rebounds on free throws that led to buckets, GW might have had a very different run um, for that group. So uh, it was an honor to go into the Hall of Fame with those guys among some other dignitaries. It was an incredible weekend, super, super fun. I'm honored. I'm grateful. It was a uh, pretty kick-ass time. The mid you foo really special, which was cool. So Friday night, to do the induction thing, right? To get my plaque and all the nice little things that happen. Saturday morning, walk into an empty gym at the elementary school for my son's 8 a.m., you know, 9-year-old basketball game where his team got boat raced by 25 points. There were some temper tantrums and pouting. Just right back to normal life. You know what I mean? It's like the highest high, less than one sleep later because I had to wake up pretty early, just right back to normal. You want some McDonald's, buddy? No, you're, you're pouting? Let's just go home. Just, it was a nice little uh, dichotomy there, but it was really cool.
1: Looked like a really fun night. There. Yeah, it was great, man. Looked like they did it really well. Very they did. Very classy. That's cool. A Hall of Famer in our midst. Yeah, buddy. Danny Ruye. Uh Luke Easterling, who covers the NFL draft for DraftWire, is going to stop by at 3 uh, o'clock. Senior Bowl was this weekend. Kicks off draft season, really. Uh, we're going to get hot and heavy into the draft after the Super Bowl next week, but we're picking our spots and wanted to talk to him about Who shined at the senior bowl? Also, want to get a feel for the interior offensive line crop mid to late first round this year because I think there's a good chance the commanders could try to grab a center or a guard to help them out after a really rough year on the offensive line. And I don't think anybody would be opposed to that, by the way. Like, you might want them to do something else in the first round, whether that's a corner or, you know, position that you notice more often. But I don't think anyone would be upset, Danny, if they try to address what was a liability this year because this offensive line took a big step back. Yeah, especially
2: not in this marketplace, right? I mean, you're not going to get folks throwing a tantrum if they if they draft an offensive lineman to hopefully be a plug-and-play type person. Where, even regardless of position, whether that's a center, whether that's another guard, although I think they're probably set there if they kick Cosme inside, if it's a right tackle, it's a long-term answer, left tackle. I don't know, but I think addressing the offensive line, you pretty much can't go wrong in, in Washington, D.C.
1: I think they're going to have three new linemen starting next year. You're going to have... Leno at left tackle, and you'll have Cosme either at right tackle, but ideally, to your point, right guard. I think you're going to have a new left guard, a new center, and a new right tackle probably if I had to put money down right Fight now. To bet.
2: I think at least two minimum.
1: Jay Gruden's going to join the show at 5. We can get his thoughts on a rebuild of the offensive line this offseason. Really want to focus on the Super Bowl matchup with him coming up in three hours when he joins us for his weekly appointment and get some thoughts on the Chiefs, the Eagles, and how Super Bowl 57 Could play out. Starting to get juiced up for that. It takes a little bit of time, I would say, after the week off from football. But by Wednesday or Thursday, I think you start frothing at the mouth. I'm on an email chain now where we're planning our Super Bowl spread, and everyone's deciding what they're going to be bringing. Uh, Your boy has volunteered my wife to make a tub of meatballs, which we'll be bringing to the party. There's also going to be some buffalo chicken dip as well. So things are looking up for your pal. You're
2: going to properly execute the pulsing in public.
1: You're going to show people how it's done. I'm going to try my best to let people know that if you're eating meatballs correctly, there's no utensil. Those meatballs are in a cup, and you're pouring them into your mouth as if they're water. It's a red Solo cup filled with meatballs, a.k.a. the Paulson. Do you have a Super Bowl plan yet? Are you slow developing and deciding how you'll spend Super Sunday?
2: You're asking a great question. I realized this morning, actually, we we haven't talked about it. We've had a lot of different things on the calendar, including the All About uh, Randy Duye weekend that we just sort of had, which is you know my, the one time as a dad that it's actually about you for a second. We have no idea. We haven't we haven't thought about it or talked about it at all. I'm sure like friends of ours are probably doing something, and we'll like try to climb <laughs> onto their plan maybe. But yeah, we haven't we haven't even
1: thought about it. We probably should have. AJ Green just announced this afternoon that he was retiring. No, he has been very quiet as an Arizona Cardinal over the last couple of years. Unfortunately, time's undefeated, man. Yeah, injuries. Uh, 34 years old, injury bug got him, time got him, missed the 2019 season, and then spent the last two years with the Cardinals to end his career. I hope people remember, though, how great he was at the prime of his career. A.J. Green, back-to-back years, caught 97 and 98 passes early on with the Bengals. Went for 1,300 and 1,400 yards in those two seasons. But he'll end up, on his ledger, starting his career with five straight 1,000-yard years where some of those years he was three 400 yards over 1,000. He had a total of six 1,000-yard seasons in his first seven years, and then the injuries set in. But he was a Hall of Fame player, you know, pro bowler, all pro type, early on in his career, so tip of the cap on a heck of a run.
2: 45 touchdowns through those first four seasons. Pretty special. Baller at Georgia, too. Excuse me, first five seasons. Um, I think 2016 was that first year he started the injury, started the pileup, managed one more 1,000-yard season after that, but was never the same after some of those injuries. But that dude, in his prime, as you said, as a young player, how about a 1,400-yard, 11-touchdown season for the
1: Cincinnati Bengals? Ho-hum. A lot of good TV. This weekend, sports-wise, for your boy, I was busy, got the kids to a movie, uh, was at the St. James all day, letting them climb around, run around as well. So we were out and about a bunch, did all kinds of stuff, but multitasked and got to watch a lot of good sport on TV. My favorite thing I watched this weekend, and I will ask you that question and you can tell me what it was for you, was the ESPN documentary on Alex Ovechkin. If you guys have not seen this yet, did you watch it, Danny? I haven't yet. No, it's in, it's in the queue. Absolutely, incredibly well done. Uh, I believe it's called Greatness, and the 8 replaces some letters. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're looking for it on ESPN Plus or something, Greatness is the name of the documentary. They had Kevin Weeks sit down with him, presumably in his uh, mansion. I don't know, it was some big open ballroom look behind him in a, in a nice chair. It's the most candid and kind of open Ovechkin has been in discussing Not only his career, but I would just say what makes him tick and things about his journey. I learned a lot as someone who has been obsessed with Ovi in the Capitals for the last 15 years. And I feel like I have consumed everything there is to consume. And I have some good knowledge on Alex Ovechkin. There were several things that took place in that documentary that you learned that you didn't know. But it was beautifully done. And. I'll be honest. It was an emotional watch. There were a couple of times where all of a sudden someone, I don't know where, because I was the only one awake in the Mm -hmm. house, but someone started cutting onions. Why would they do that? I don't know why they did. Spraying water in your eyes? Watching him win the cup and celebrate and what it meant to him and his wife talking about how it was just a relief. Like, he had been so obsessed, and it was such a big part of his life that everyone would hold over him that you haven't won a cup and Sydney's won three. It was a great documentary. NHL on ESPN. I will say this, Danny. Mm -hmm. I think it's the best thing they've done since they got hockey back. Now, I'm biased, I will admit. But I don't know how many non-game programs they put together or sunk their teeth into. This kicked butt. I was really, really, really locked in.
2: I'm pumped to watch it. Did not have a chance this weekend. We'll fully admit that, but it is in the queue. I'll probably uh, get to it either late tonight, maybe tomorrow morning uh, at some point. That was awesome. For me, this is a little bit old school. Neither team is particularly relevant. In this conversation I'm about to have with you, um, but Duke Carolina was still—it's still special, you know. I just as someone that grew up caring about the ACC college basketball was my one seed in terms of sports that I loved watching, and it, everything mattered so much. Now that I'm so much older than all these kids, and you know the the, the, the landscape and the sphere has changed, and you know 18, 19 year olds jump to the pro ranks or you know are already signed in multi million dollar deals before they get to campus, it doesn't have anywhere near the um, the cachet or nostalgia that it did. And you're talking about you know, two teams, I think, with a combined 14 losses over the course of the year. Not your normal Duke-Carolina fair, where their usual top five teams, and it's for all the marbles. Still riveting television to me, though. I, I ended up just happened to be sitting down for a break, and I go, oh, look at this. And I tuned in. It was great back and
1: forth. Kids going nuts. Just a lot of fun. Third time in the last six meetings between these two teams that both clubs were not ranked. <sighs> Tell you how times have changed, man. I mean, things are a-changing, yeah. aren't they? Half of their last six games, neither team ranked. Pretty stunning. Now, oddly enough, I say that, and I say this is the first time they've played since they met in last year's Final Four, mm-hmm. which was a thrilling game, if you remember. Duke gets a little revenge here, beating North Carolina, who ousted them, a 63-57. Did you watch any of the all-star festivities? Hockey, football, we had the Pro Bowl, flag football yesterday. Did you I, check any of it out?
2: I tuned in just in time to see Jared Goff throw a pick six, and I was like, that feels that feels good. It feels like this is on brand that like this is what I was missing just to make sure so that like did I was feel comfortable. Like there was
1: some legitimacy and credibility to the game. Then
2: no, it just it, I, I don't. I kind of didn't know what I, what it was. Like I understand, I get it. It's flag football. I know what what's what. But still, it just sort of I, I wasn't really sure what I was watching. Like it could have been like firemen versus policemen flag football game for the municipal like for like. The supremacy of uh, Tacoma Park or something like that. You know, it, it didn't really feel like the Pro Bowl. But I happened to see Jared Goff throw a pick six. And I was like, I need to make sure I bring that up to his number one super fan, Ryan Clary, tomorrow when I see him.
1: Have you talked to Ryan about it yet? I haven't yet. I'm, I was going to save it
2: for the first break. Okay. Just let him know. But sure. I saw I saw your guy throw one pass without a pass rush against him. He's intercepted for a touchdown. So I'm sure he's still great.
1: I wouldn't make any major judgments on the flag football throw that you saw Mm -hmm. after his outstanding season, but you do you, I suppose. Uh, I Actually, so I didn't watch a lot of it, right? I've I've gone back. I've watched the highlights. I watched a little bit live. I think they've found a little something here, possibly, that could be a lane they could drive in for a few years. We talked about this on Friday. This is not going to get huge ratings. It shouldn't get huge ratings. But not everything has to be... Splitting the atom. Not every movie is Oscar bait. you know. Not every film is made to win an Academy Award, right? If we only did it that way, it would be pretty boring. And a lot of good, funny, awesome comedies and movies that aren't Oscar worthy wouldn't get made that you thoroughly enjoyed. This is fun. That's what it is. I think mostly it's for kids after watching it. I'll bet you kids liked it. I would guarantee you, and I thought this after Thursday night when my buddy was talking about how much his son enjoyed watching the water balloon contest and and the dodgeball. I think the flag football thing's the same way. You got a son, Danny. He plays flag football. Mm-hmm. You know what he might like is watching, if he's a big football fan, let's just say he loves Justin Jefferson and the Vikings or he's a big fan of the Cowboys and he likes CeeDee Lamb, watching him play flag football without a helmet on, seeing his expressions his face, seeing him laugh and cut up and enjoy himself and make a great catch in the back of the end zone. I have heard and seen a lot of the people that are upset at what has, quote-unquote, become of the Pro Bowl, end quote. Mm-hmm. The Pro Bowl was, it's lost. It's over. Yeah, you that's can't never coming it. back. I get it. This is just like a, a Jimmy Fallon sketch where Liam Neeson cracks an egg on his head or where John Travolta plays squirt guns with... Uh, Charlize Theron, you know, we're just having celebrities mm-hmm. do relatable, fun things, keeping it loosey-goosey. If you want to get rid of it altogether, I guess that's fine too. But what's there to be lost in this? It's it's moderately entertaining. Kids might like it. Players get to benefit from some individualized uh, marketing. Cool. Uh, who who loses here?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm not throwing a tantrum about it. Some are are. I've, you know, again, this it's always kind of hard to, to quantify these sorts of analysis. But some, you're right, are, are pretty upset. They're really irritated. They're frustrated that, that the thing that that was is gone. We're both like, I think, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm kind of like, yep, sure is. I knew that a decade ago. You know, I, the, the example I always use, I hadn't really enjoyed the Pro Bowl itself for a while. I happened to tune in. I saw a defensive end beat the left tackle, stopped before he hit the quarterback Quarterback completes a pass, they shake each other's hand, and they're laughing, and I go, well, that's not football. That's okay. I get why you don't want to blow the quarterback up and crack a rib or you know give him whiplash or concuss him or whatever. I understand what's going on here. I just know that I'm not enjoying it. So you can play the game, do what you want. I just will be counted out, right? I'll do something else with my Sunday. So trying to come up with new things that are capturing a different part of your audience, et cetera, because here's the thing. Football ain't hurting. They keep setting their own records. That playoff game there with the with the Niners and uh, and, and the Eagles drew fifty million people. The Chiefs game got fifty some million people. They're getting plenty of folks to tune in. They'll be well over hundred million tuning into the Super Bowl again. They don't need you. They're trying to find a way to grow the game. And to your point, that can be annoying to those of us that have filled their coffers for our entire you know for decades and decades. But Ain't nothing wrong with that. I mean, you still got me. I'm good. I'll watch that Super Bowl with great interest, right? But you're trying to find a way to get somebody else involved and interested? I got no problem with that.
1: Yeah, and I just wonder how long until they don't do anything. Because my argument would be, you know, eventually that's going to happen. Maybe you don't get players to keep wanting to come. I think if you do it in Vegas, because Vegas is a fun place for young to mid-20-year-olds, for the most part, to go descend upon and and Mm -hmm. hang out with buddies for a week. Uh, I think that whether it's offering some of the babysitting perks that they did, having kids at the hotel, hanging out with each other, you know, so the parents can go out and hang out. I think they'll get players for a few years to come. I wonder when that stops the novelty wears off What I've been to three in a row. I don't need to go toss water balloons for the fourth yep. year. And maybe that there is no net after this. Like maybe this is the last gasp. And then you just name a pro bowl team. Like you do an all pro team and you get rid of the exercise altogether. But I, I will ask anyone who says, oh, just get rid of it. How is that better? Doing nothing.
2: Yeah, you don't have to watch it. Exactly. That's my that's my thing. I just in general, by the way, if, if I don't like something, I can just, that's I'm pretty good at not paying attention to it. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm, if, you, if you want a consultation,
1: I'm happy to help you. I think it's something year in and year out I would check in on, is what I would say. Mm-hmm. Not appointment television by any means, but I think I could be in the mix where I go, oh, that's this weekend? Oh, let me see what... What's up with this?
2: Yeah, if it lines up with my schedule, I, I was fine. I, I, I used 17 minutes, 20, 20 minutes overall, probably over two days. Seeing a couple things, fine.
1: And I'd be willing to bet that when my little guy is old enough, mm-hmm. it's something, if he's playing flag football, that he might actually find interest in and watch. I would assume. We'll see. Watch. I'll force him. You have to watch the Pro Bowl, Now man. watch his cut. Go going set up his break with yeah, his eyes. This is how you learn how to score points, man. I'm right sorry. There. Yeah, I'd say front pedal. He back pedals. Watch his face now. Sean Payton officially to the Broncos. So much money. Meaning there are only two coaching openings left. Let's rank the three hirings so far as Fitzgo, go, new coach in a new place, and also try to guess as to who's going to end up coaching in Arizona and in Indianapolis in those last two vacancies that still need to be filled. Grant and Danny just getting started. Super Bowl week is here on the fans. Thanks for listening. You know, the Wizards on Friday, we were talking about how they'd gone out and they'd struggled and they would know, were trying to keep a winning streak together, Danny, and, and then they lost a 20-point lead. They double-dipped the chip. They sure did, didn't they? They found a way to do it in two straight games. Didn't they? I couldn't believe my eyes on Saturday as they did it for the second time in as many days. Has not happened in a quarter century. That it, to lead by 20 is a good sign. It means you're doing something really something well. Something positive happened. It's hard to lead by 20. Teams can go months without getting a 20-point lead. Twice in two days, they were up by 20, and they lost. And against the Nets, they had a 23-point lead. Mm. I don't know, man. 124-116 to the Blazers on Friday, 125-123 to the Nets on Saturday. And I'm sure people will point out that you know Kuzma leaves one of those games with an injury, and Beal gets banged up, and they weren't completely healthy. The Nets didn't have Kyrie, who's no longer on the team now. No, they, they really don't have. They've him. since traded him because he's a malcontent who wanted out. But they didn't have Kevin Durant. Like their young guys just decided to put on armor and be great. They're just hitting shots and taking people off the bounce. They looked amazing. Where is that for me? Where are my guys doing that? Two straight games, the Wizards lost twenty point leads two times. It's one of those things where I feel like if people cared more, it would be such a big story. There is a lack of, right now, energy, attention, passion, zeal, whatever you want to say, because that would be such a monumental thing. To this have.
2: is, by the way, an incredible point. By and, you. and
1: I would say the same thing right now about the Nationals. Uh-huh. I was watching this weekend. The Padres were having a event the likes of which we used to have here. You remember a few years ago for, for Winterfest at, like, the D.C. Convention Center? Oh, yeah, man. When we'd go broadcast live, and there would be lines of hundreds, maybe even thousands of people at the Convention Center just waiting to get an autograph yeah, from To catch Bryce a glimpse of Steve Lombardozzi. <laughs> just <laughs> trying to see Danny Espinosa walk by. They don't even do, to my knowledge, like a Winterfest event anymore for the Nationals because no one is excited to show up and, and say hi with all due respect to Jamer Candelario And the one-year contract of Dominic Smith. And it it had me in my feels. It had me all sad. I'm watching the Padres event this weekend, Danny. Mm -hmm. It looked like a World Series parade. Shoulder to shoulder. Jerseys being worn. People going nuts. It's almost like you get what you pay for. You go out and you acquire and you sign and you bring in players and you have talent and you have expectations. Like used to be the case here. People get really amped up for the season. They had a, a World Series parade turnout. For their event at Petco Park this weekend. For a
2: team that we think is going to be pretty good. <laughs> right? With I, some stars on it. Was there
1: an event? Did I miss the memo? I have no idea what's no. going on it, with the Nationals. If
2: there was, I didn't get it. But,
1: but my point yeah. is, like, there, is, there should be more anger about this offseason it, from a baseball standpoint than there probably is because people just aren't in the mindset right now. And I think you're seeing that in basketball where... People should be really angry that they lost a 20-point lead on consecutive nights. I think some fans are that watch. Yeah, the few plugged-in Peters are. But there's just not that many people that watch every night anymore. It's met with a
2: shoulder shrug. It's it's met with a... You know, uh, you tune into the junks this morning on on your commute and you hear them chronicling it. Like, can you believe this happened? And yeah, I can. Makes sense. They're stuck in this perpetual wheel of mediocrity. How many times have they won 50 games? No times, really. No time since when? The 70s? When's the closest they came? Scott Brooks and 49 wins. Well, how many other times did they come close? None. Topped out at 45 wins once, I think, and, and that's sort of it. This is what it is. They're they're on the perpetual wheel. I'm telling you, this is a memorandum. To all franchises, anybody that would like fan interest, you can't stay mediocre to worse. You either have to bottom out and take your medicine or be great. This doesn't work. People stop caring. They tune out. It feels like the same thing. And it is. This treadmill they've been on with slightly different people that have kind of morphed and, and come through and spent their time here for a year or two or three or whatever, it all feels the same. I know you guys in your office that are collecting paychecks right now are going, well, Kyle Kuzma is different. To to the fan, whether you're right or wrong, to the fan coming in from Manassas, to the guy who drives in from Rockville, it's the same. The sameness is death. That's what's happening. It's met with apathy. And it stinks. I wish they I wish people gave a damn. It would be awesome. In this little sleeping giant of a basketball town, where we turn to like Damatha versus Gonzaga to, for our, our basketball juice, right? Because all the colleges around here don't really seem to be inter- that interested in competing at this point. So I don't know, man. It's it's really really frustrating to someone that grew up here and loves the game. Where where do I turn to? What what do I look at?
1: My buddy Phil just texted me and said San Diego only has one pro team though. Phil, Phil, Phil Connors. Remember me, Ned Ryerson, Needle Nose Ned. Phil's right. San Diego does only have one pro team. That's true. A pro team that is trading for Juan Soto, not trading him. Trading. A, there's Even a no, four I, versus I away. like the deal, but look at their off season. They're always in the mix on everyone. They're giving out a 200 plus 300 million dollar contract. There's a reason people want to go to that event. And, and it's this. We've seen it. We did it here. The the Nats were that team every year that went in as the best team in the National League. And they had big events, and thousands of people came. But to, to relate it back to, I think they are very comparable, but to relate it back to the Wizards, I just wonder if there's enough people that are all in at this point to really get angry after blowing those two deficits. Uh, you and I last week saw that Sean Payton was coming back to coach the Denver Broncos. Sean Payton, who won 63% of the games in the regular season he ever coached, and coached in 17 playoff games and won a Super Bowl with the New Orleans Saints. I couldn't believe he took that job. The Broncos gig is not a good gig, in my opinion, right now. Agreed. Russell Wilson looks broken. Russell Wilson's contract is an albatross you can't get out of. And if you can't fix Russell Wilson, you're going back to Denver to fail miserably as an offensive-minded head coach. So clearly, Sean Payton thinks he can fix Russ and that there will be a rapport and a relationship there that Wilson will be coachable enough to allow him to fix Russell Wilson. But you and I just couldn't wrap our heads around. You could stay and do TV and make a lot of money and get a better job next offseason. This is not a particularly good cycle for openings. What is he thinking? And we speculated he's got to be getting upwards of $20 million. Well, how about Mike Florio today suggesting that the number he's heard is in the neighborhood of $18 million bucks? Yeah, there you go. That's the range, right? Per year for Sean Payton. So you want to know why he left TV and came back? And that's just the the opening money. That's not your car deal money. That's not your, you're not paying at any restaurants because you're Sean Payton mm-hmm. money. That's not your, you know, you're one of the junkies. So you, 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 you get someone to come out and take down a tree for you money. Like, no, 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 no. This is your $18 million a year paycheck that just goes into that account to go run the Denver Broncos for a few years. I'm, I'm really surprised it happened this quickly. Again, I, I keep pointing this out. The
2: hang out and do TV plan and float your name every year, have your agent float your name out every year is tried and true. Jim Harbaugh runs a clinic on how to do it. Coming from Michigan, where he flirts every year with a team, gets another extension, and is always in demand, and gets more power, more say-so, another comma on the paycheck. John Gruden did this to
1: perfection, whose reputation
2: grew astronomically year after year after year without coaching. But it's obvious
1: Sean Payton wanted to get back into the NFL way more than John Gruden did. 100%. And Payton could have waited this
2: out. And he didn't. So it tells me... Hey, he may have had the itch. May have just decided, I, I got to get back into this. It's not the same hanging out with, you know, Tony Dungy and, and Jack Collinsworth and and you know, and poetic on television or whatever. But it tell it the natural intuitive conclusion is he must have looked at what Nathaniel Hack and Company were doing, must have looked at what Russell Wilson was doing, and said, "I know how to fix it. I'll figure that out. I'll get the most out of that guy." Because there's no way you would hitch your wagon to that star unless you had some confidence, right? I mean, listen, and these guys think their bleep don't stink, right? Like every one of these dudes is so beyond uh, arrogant in an athletic sense. They think that you know they're still the fastest, still the strongest, still the smartest, period, end of story. You don't get to that level without really believing that in yourself and not having any kind of doubts creep in. But even with that, realistically, to, to tie yourself to what we just saw from Russell Wilson over the last year and a half in two different cities
1: with not that many excuses – it's hard to feel inspired and confident, but it seems like Peyton does, right? I just wonder what he was making at Fox because I remember when they were looking at him as one of their lead commentators and analysts, the number floated was $10 million. Aikman makes more than that, we know, at ESPN. I don't know what Olsen makes as the A guy, but we know that Tom Brady's deal to be the lead at Fox is for about $37.5 million a year, 10 years <laughs> and $375 million. Now, that's a Tom Brady tax in there that you're paying to just get the guy that everyone wants to watch on TV when he takes that job. But the reason I'm curious about what Peyton was making at Fox is if you're making a couple million dollars a year and you get offered a job for 18 million, I understand why you would go take that job. Makes sense, right? But if he's making 10 or 12 million at Fox with all the money you've already made and they're offering you 18, maybe you wait until next year and a much better gig comes along. Uh, let's rank the, the of the three hiring so far. There were five openings. Arizona and Indianapolis still don't have coaches, so we'll go there in a second. Of the three teams that have hired head coaches, though, Frank Reich in Carolina, I watched his introductory press conference. D'Amico Ryan's in Houston, I watched that introductory press conference. You know this about me. I'm um, introductory press conference Paulson. That's your, that's your thing. Can't wait to go watch Sean Payton's in Denver, and then Payton with the Broncos. One, two, and three. As far as fit goes, what do you like worst? Uh, most to worst of the worst of the hirings.
2: This is actually really hard because I like all three of these hires. You do? I, I do. So I'm thinking from a team perspective now for a second, okay? Denver, I think, got the best coach of the three, right? I mean, I, I know their problems. Their problems are their problems. They can't fix those with anything. They went and got the best head coach. So I like Sean Payton, number one. D'Amico Ryan's and this is honorable mention. I Probably Frank Reich's going to get the third here, even though I love that fit. I think it's really smart. But I think D'Amico Ryan's they, they need an adult who's young enough that you can't just, you got to let him imprint his program down there. They, they need some legitimacy in Houston. They don't have it. They don't have the rule of law down there. Like what somebody says is true for three or four months, and then it becomes afterthought, and it's over with, and they fire the guy and move on to the next thing. That seems like a guy that's got enough cachet, enough juice to take the years and basically outlast any chaos and imprint a program there in Houston. So I love D'Amico Ryan's number two, and... I love the Frank Reich hire, but it's third place out of three here. I think he's sharp. I don't think he gets enough credit,
1: and uh, I feel like that's a good offensive mind. My number one fit is Reich to Carolina. I'm flip-flopping on you completely. I love the Reich hire. I also, and you'll see where I rank Peyton, have Ryan's second here for a similar reason. Peyton third to Denver. How often does it work to bring the guy in who's won the ring elsewhere to get you yours in your place? Not very often. It's really, really hard to recapture the magic. And I think there's something to be said for the desperation to make it work if you're Frank Reich, who had a head coaching job and knows what it's like to lose it, and who isn't going to get a third chance at this, who's never won a Super Bowl, has never gotten to the top of the mountain. In the case of D'Amico Ryans, I don't know if he's going to be a great coach. could be a terrible coach. No idea. I really liked him as a defensive coordinator. I think he's a leader of men. I think he's a great communicator. I'm impressed by D'Amico Ryans. But again, young, relatable. I think a guy that uh, has recently sat in the seats of players, guys will run through a wall for, and he's got to make it work. You don't get another shot as a young dude coordinator who's ahead of schedule probably, who people are going, is he worthy of an NFL head coaching job already at this age, five years after he played? Well, heck, yeah, he is. But I don't know how many shots you get necessarily. He's not making $18 million a year, by the way. When you make all that money, you've been a champion. TV's waiting for you when you step aside. The urgency's just not there. So I'm not saying I hate the, the Peyton hire. I get why they did it. I also think it's easier, it's lazier, it's it's safer to just hire a name. and, and No one's going to bash a Sean Payton hire. Everyone will just assume it's a great hire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There are questions when you hire a Reich who just got fired or a D'Amico Ryans. But I'll put Peyton third. I wonder what's gonna happen with the Cardinals. The name that keeps seeming to come up with them is Brian Flores, the former Dolphins head coach, who's now an assistant with the Steelers. He's actually got a lawsuit against the NFL. Yeah, right. For hiring practices, which I don't know how that complicates things, but that's fascinating. He could definitely get that job. Name to watch out for, too. I would hire Mike Kafka if I was them. Kafka, Giants OC? Yes. Yep. Giants OC coached under Dable this year, uh, helped with the development of Daniel Jones. That would be my hire if I'm Arizona, but I'll bet they go Flores. And then Indianapolis, I've said all along, I got money on them sticking with Jeff Saturday. As ridiculous as that would be and as much a joke as that would be, that Steve Wilkes as an interim does a great job and, and can't find a job, but Saturday goes one and seven down the stretch and looks like a boob with timeouts and, and, and keeps his gig. I, I just think he and Ursay Ursa still have a good relationship. So what else is there?
2: The yeah, my... my... Outside shot candidate, because I agree with you, it just feels like this is Jeff Saturday's gig, which I, I'm with you. I think it's preposterous. That may be Eric Bieniemy's window. That's the only other name I could see. Has he
1: interviewed for that job? He has,
2: yeah. He definitely has. At least this once. This cycle? Yeah. I, I think. didn't know that. Yeah.
1: Um, well, he's interviewed with over half the NFL in his career. I was going to say, right. So I'm sure at some point with one of the openings over the years, he's interviewed there. Grant and Danny on the fan. Luke Easterling on the NFL Draft coming up at the top of the hour. We got Jay Gruden today at 5 o'clock as well. Dan Snyder back in the news for a sale. It's not the Commanders listening to D. We're gonna give away a pair of said tickets at four o'clock to go see Fallout Boy. Oh let's go. Oh gotta be listening at four o'clock, Fallout Boy tickets right here on Grant and Danny. I saw Fallout Boy Live one time. Where'd you see him? At the Super Bowl. Amazing party, amazing venue. You were invited, didn't come, uh, which is fine. No, I, I didn't take it personally. I won't bring it up years later. Uh, it was a a Madden event, I think, or some kind of EA sports party uh, that we would get invited to every year. Is that through- the one
2: where you met uh, Katie Nolan?
1: She was there that night, yes. Right? Katie Nolan, uh, among other, many other people, a lot of many dignitaries, wonderful people, <laughs> wonderful, terrific people. Uh, yes, it was a great time. I saw Ludacris from about eight feet away performing live for 20 minutes. Wow. Uh, I saw Fall Out Boy from that same distance from the stage. It was like me and 65 people watching a bangerang fallout boy concert. And I kept looking over to my left to see Danny, but you didn't see him. He, I would have had to have had a camera in his hotel room where he was sound asleep at about 10 57 PM. Oh, I was, yeah, it was late. Think about it, East coast time. You know, think, you do the math there. Have you ever thought about all the shows you missed out on all those years at the super bowl? Never be-
2: once. Like not I, even for a split second. I not, think
1: about all the shows I'm missing out on now, not getting to go to the Super Bowl.
2: Well, we've had we've had these conversations before, and the lady wife is actually quite cross with me about it. I basically declared I'm not interested in concerts. I basically said like I, I'm good on going to. It's so loud, I can't hear what anyone's saying. I don't know who anyone is. Like I'm good. I've seen I've seen so many musical acts. I'm all set.
1: With all due respect, yeah. to you and your wife going to a concert mm-hmm. as a. Guy who's not huge on music myself. Uh I would say not a big concert guy. Okay? I've been to a handful in my life. I totally understand that. What I'm talking about, if I can get hoity-toity for a second. Get hoity-toity. Is not just a concert. Okay? okay? What I'm talking about is a very exclusive event where your name's on a list or you don't get in. (laughs) And it's me standing next to Jameis (laughs) Winston and Cam Jordan watching Ludacris perform. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. Okay. I'm talking about like just walking around this event and like, oh, there's Robert Griffin. Hey, man, you see Ludacris over there? That's kind of cool. It's like, I sure do. A very exclusive event that, for whatever reason, we get invited to. And my guy Danny goes, "No thanks."
2: Yeah, I have no interest in whatever that is.
1: And I, uh, it, the open bar is not for you. I get that. Uh-huh. The, the past hors d'oeuvres definitely not fun. I could never find them. You can't find them in your hotel when you're laying on your pillow. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's the, the main reason you can't. I get find the same them. number. No one knocks on that room and goes, uh, "Mr. Ruye, we brought you some of pigs in a blanket." <laughs> exactly. That's what they're
2: enjoying at the Madden party.
1: Great concerts. Uh, who do we see? Chain smokers one year. Snoop Dogg. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yes, I would. You familiar with Snoop's work? That
2: one, I would say
1: mm, no. that one stinks. Not the chain smokers, <laughs> who like who have a who have a mattress that I was in Dover. Snoop Dogg about twenty feet away from Vince Vaughn. That had been fun. No Danny Ruge insight, mm-hmm. but Vince Vaughn was there.
2: That one, I kind of feel bad I missed. Uh, I, I had a, a pang, a Darren Pang of guilt for a microsecond.
1: A, a uh, moderately inebriated Sean McVay in the vicinity. Just a great time for everyone. Just McVay breaking down Snoop Just, stage presence. So much <laughs> dancing to Snoop. Some good shows lo- over the years. Uh, Radio Row, man. the Good old days. Radio Row. That's where everyone goes? Not everyone. Oh. Some people do. Some. Not as many as used to, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to talk about this later. We don't have a lot of time right now, but I think this is worth a conversation. Everyone is talking about Dan Snyder's house in Potomac, Maryland being for sale. Are you seeing this story?
2: Yeah, it's everywhere, and everyone's like sending it to me like, what does this mean? And I'm like, we need to have an in-depth conversation here.
1: His house has been on the market, in air quotes loosely, since 2018 for, for over four years. This $49 million estate that he doesn't live in anymore in Potomac, Maryland because he moved to Virginia, where he now lives, on the water over in Alexandria at a Mount Vernon home, right? What I'm interested in, though, is the fact that it's officially now being listed. It was kind of just available. Everyone that needs to know knew that it was available over the last four years. But after four years of not being able to sell this thing, Danny, Dan Snyder is not lowering the price. He is keeping the price for his home at $49 million, and I just wonder if he is doing a learner bit where the learners are not selling the nationals for less uh-huh. than they think the nationals are worth and aren't going to sell the naming rights for less than they think the naming rights are worth, with his home, where right. he's probably got a realtor after four years going, hey, man, the $49 million thing's not working out, but he's still keeping it at that rate. Is there anything to be learned from this home sale yes. as it pertains to selling the commanders? It's
2: it's who the person is, right? So the I read the, the article in the Washington Business Journal, and saying this as respectfully as I can, it sounds like an ad in, like, the Sotheby's Guide to Luxury Homes, right? It reads, like, the sprawling iron-wrought gate and the 50-foot ceiling and this thing that's way too expensive. And he cut down these 140 trees. You know, it wasn't totally... It was a little bit extrajudicial, but whatever happened.
1: How about that commercial-grade kitchen guy? Yeah,
2: well, let's not forget that that was the whole thing where they got the park ranger fired. What's (laughs) a
1: breakfast solarium? I don't know. Well,
2: they have one, but it, it reads, like, this advertisement. This thing's been the same for five years. They couldn't sell it. And he's like, nope, the price is the price.
1: Put it on the docket for later. I want to get into that after we talk to uh, our experts covering the local teams in the Beltway Blitz, which is at 4 o'clock today. Luke Easterling comes your way next. Senior Bowl was this weekend. Draft coverage. What might the commanders be thinking in round one? We'll talk to him in a moment on Grant and Danny